Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. At the foot of the Andes Mountains in Chile lies a picturesque German colony of Colonia Dignidad, or Colony of Dignity, However, the beauty of the place belies a grim past. In 1961, a German preacher named Paul Schaefer and his congregation moved to Chile with the stated aim of helping the poor. That's not so much how it turned out. Uh, this amazing documentary film called Songs of Repression explores how several generations of people living in the colony and live there to this day dealt with abuse, beatings, the teachings of the gospel, uh, aiding and abetting a dictator in Chile by the name of Augusto Pinochet and many, many other things in this story. I'm leaving so much out in this introduction, but nonetheless, I want to uh, want to introduce to our audience the co-directors of this film, Songs of Repression, and that would be Marianne Hogan Moraga, as well as Estevan Wagner. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank Hello, you. and Hello. Thank, thank you for you having us. Much. I don't know how you found out about Colonia Dignidad, but I am dying to hear how you mm. knew of this colony, or know of this, of this place in Chile, of all places. Uh, how did how did this come to you? And I'll start with you, Marianne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, that's a very good question because uh, our backgrounds are actually very relevant for how we came to make this film. Um, I'm half Chilean, half. Uh, Norwegian, but I was born and grew up in Denmark. And my mother, she was a Chilean exile from the dictatorship in Chile. So in my childhood, I would hear her talking about Colonia Dignidad with other adults. And then I would ask her, but what is this Colonia Dignidad? And she would always answer, that's a place that one should not mention. One should never come near to that place because political prisoners have disappeared in there. On my side, I grew up um, in Chile in a German family of the German minority in Chile, um, very much at the right hand side of the political spectrum, a family from which I have dis distanced myself quite um, a lot, but that's a different story. And in, in that context, I would always hear positive stories about the colony as this place of Christian values, of um, good German food. They had a roadside restaurant where we used to go. And um, I would only hear that side of, of the story. And obviously later on when we grew older and when we met with Marianne, we had understood that the world is a much more complex place than what we had been told in our childhood. I just wanted to add to what Estefan said that that when we met we had much more nuanced perspectives than these black and white views really that we had grown up with. I from the left-wing side where everyone who was in the right wing was dangerous and no, no one one should get near by and Estefan on the other hand he had grown up with this idyllic image of the colony. So when we met we 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 were already we all had already created our own opinions and views, but um, but then we also 
read an article about the colony and we thought, okay, wow, this is, this is a place where we should make a film because with our different backgrounds, we can sort of be inside the place and at the same time, look at it from the outside. And, and, and we thought that it was a very interesting microcosmos for reflecting what Chile is today, but also what so many other places in the world are today. Well, this is a film that explores the the spectrum of human behavior, of human uh, the way we look at life, the way we take in our values, the way we process all of these things. Uh, it is, uh, in many ways, a microcosm for the world that can be in the same place and yet completely different perspectives on the value or the horror that is visited upon people in that colony. So this is... This is a film that's nuanced, but at the same time, it has a very strong bearing in, in the way that you go about doing this. So before we get too far along in our conversation, who is Paul Schaefer? So Paul Schaefer is uh, a man who in the 50s in Germany um, has a free church movement, uh, evangelical movement, um, but he is also a pedophile. Some people knew about that still well in Germany and the justice system was starting to investigate him. And then he convinced his whole congregation to leave to South America, to Southern Chile, um, to help the poor, which obviously uh, was a good excuse to get himself out of the limelight. When they got there, uh, very, very quickly, they isolated themselves from the world. They separated uh, the group by gender, and it grew more and more extreme. Um, the children were taken away from their parents. Um, at some point, men and women were not uh, longer allowed to look at each other, um, nor to speak with each other. It was uh, forced labor was a common thing on an everyday basis. Um, and during that time, he would well, sexually abuse the kids, mainly the boys, every single day, every single day. And then later on, he starts to collaborate with the Pinochet dictatorship. They build torture chambers on their land. And you have to remember a very, very Christian um, group. They torture political prisoners of the military dictatorship. Then they begin to murder political prisoners and end up burying them in mass graves on their own land. And this whole regime under Paul Schaefer lasted for 45 years. But then, I mean, 45 years during, a, a, there's a whole generation missing because men and women were separated for more than 20 years, not a single child was born in there. But then you ask about Paul Schaefer and that is obviously like, a, or like the and a personification of horror, but maybe you, Marianne, mm. you can tell us why he's actually just a, a side, almost a side figure in the documentary. Yeah, because what we what we found interesting, I mean, you can make a whole film about Paul Schaefer, and he's clearly a pure perpetrator. No, I don't know if he is, but because yeah. if you look back in his childhood, he has also been subjected to a lot of things. But 
but it, it would be a whole film in itself to make a film about him. And the more information we would give about him in the film, the more curious the audience would be to know more about him. And what actually interested us was how it is today inside the colony, how you create your own history and how you create meaning in life and how you get on after have, having been subjected to severe traumatic events um, in present time. And there we also found that all the inhabitants inside the colony are really, they're not black and white, that most of them are not only victims, but also perpetrators. So in that sense, we found that we could really create a very, we could explore a very nuanced picture of, of actually human beings when filming there. That, that's, that's a lot to take in. Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm sure there's a film about Paul Schaefer somewhere to be made and just about him. And just as you described, as often is the case, far more often than not, is the people who are per the perpetrators of these heinous acts have themselves been the victims of those same right. acts. We, we are kind of fed up a bit with, with this very mainstream Hollywood way of, of, of telling stories where you have Superman on the one hand and then the, the evil one on the other side. And, and obviously you have to identify with the good one and you hope for him to win and he wins and he wins. But life is so much more complex than that. Right. And we w are much more interested in looking in, in all the space in between the Superman and the evil monster at the other side. Right. Um, we, we want to see what happens with human beings when they are subjected to these situations and how do they survive? What strategies do they apply? How, how do you... Uh, deal with having been a victimizer and a victim at the same time. You, most people actually try to rewrite their story. Whole nations try to rewrite their history in order to look like the good ones, right? right. But most ones are not. <laughs> well, in the film, you talk to a number of people that are they're still living there. I think everyone you talk to still lives there. I mean, is that, yes. is that accurate? Yeah, everyone so, but one. Yeah, in, one, the film. in the film, yeah. One that visits the, the couple, Horst and Helga, Aki, he visits Horst and Helga and he, he tells where the political prisoners were tortured. And Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he, he used to live there, but he left. Well, I didn't get a lot of names off of the, no, the, of course the not. films. They're not important. So, so I broke them down by the secretary, uh, yeah. The nurse, the handyman, the older couple, the gardener, the singing group. I sort of that's how I was sort of putting them together. Yes. And they Perfect. and I was trying and I was trying to put, you know, sort of, you know, assess kind of characteristics of them. And you're absolutely yeah. I mean, obviously, you're absolutely right. It's much more nuanced than that. But I, I wonder, you know, having watching these people go through what they what we hear they went through. Before I get to my point, I, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the co-directors of this terrific documentary film called Songs of Repression. That would be Marianne Hogan Moraga, as well as Esteban Wagner, the co-directors of this film. And looking at all these different people, is the way that they react, is it, it's more than, than just 
a judgment on their part of whether they were that that this was good or evil. But I, I wonder sometimes, is it a coping mechanism? Is the way that they mm -hmm. react, the way they process what happened at that camp or that colony, which I find it interesting, it's called a colony. Yeah, I think there's something. I think there's something about uh, uh, you know people from another country coming to a, a their a new country and calling it a colony. Anyway, but that's that's for another yes. discussion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, is it just coping? I mean, it, can we can we make a lot of sort of uh, uh, assessments of the way that they react to what happened and their own sort of justifications or lack thereof justifications? Is it coping? Is it the only way to pro to process mm -hmm. what they went through, or is that is that too simple? I think I think I mean that's a big part of our motivation also for making this film was to explore how how the inhabitants in there get on after everything they've been through, and and in a way also hoping that that an audience can reflect themselves in the participants in the right. film somehow or another. Yeah. Right. How would I react if I were Yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah. that that is that is actually if if you if you if you think that after the film then then we've really reached our goal cuz cuz I we think that it's it's I mean it's different ways of creating history it's different ways of dealing with what you've been through and and as you can see in the film the couple Horst and Helga who are really suffering yes because of the system today they they try to vocalize their pain somehow but it gets repressed they get rejected all the time they're the outsiders in there and on the other hand, you can see the choir that sings, and the singing, in a way, is a picture of what it also was in the past, where the singing was used to cover up all the cruelties that was happening in there. And today, it's used to, in a way, forget, forgive. They have forgiven, and they have forgotten. And the singing, in a way, is also representing this forgive, forgiven and forgotten discourse that they use and the the elderly couple that you talk about they are called um, Shosh and Magdalena I think you can you can sort of see in them that there is there are many layers so when when they say that everything is forgiven and forgotten and there is still something else going on inside them and and we also sense that when we while we were filming that that there was so much more going on than what only the words tell us. And you see that on, I mean, you see that on their faces, you see that in their body language. And, yeah. and this whole forgive and forget is something that has been imposed. And, and it's obviously not, not something that has happened beyond, be, behind the smoke and mirror facade. I mean, that's, yeah, it's a way of coping, as you say, but then the colony is a complex place. There are many different kind of people there and some try to cope with that. Some try to actually avoid uh, having problems with the justice system. Some just try to find a way to live inside this community where you can't be against it. 
And then you have those who are against it and they are miserable and, and living in, in a very deep depression. And still they can't leave because they are trapped both economically right. and, and out of psychological dependency. There's a step between forgive and forget. Right. There is called acknowledgement. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and, and that's missing for oh, almost absolutely. every, except for the exception of, of the couple the beekeeper, that, yes. yeah, 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 the beekeeper. The, yeah. And I thought that was a great little cinematic image of the bees in the, in the hive and then, then their, and then their situation in yes. the sense of just, they're the ones, they're the little bees that say, no, the, this is, I, I can't, this isn't wrong. This is, you know, but that acknowledgement, it, it's, th that's, that's, the, maybe the most important part yes. in terms of everything else. And yeah, and, and uh, clearly that is lacking. And there is a huge um, lack of a proper reconciliation process. There has been no help, to, uh, very little at least, help to the colony. There is a psychologist and a psychiatrist who go there once a month and treats the ones that are interested in being treated. But clearly... There hasn't been this proper reconciliation process that makes it possible to actually cope in a way where you are in peace with what you have done and what have, what you've been subjected mm. to and and where you learn to contain other ways of living than the one that you've been dictated and there it's where it's get it gets universal in a way. I mean, you have that lack of acknowledgement many, in many places, and it's always um, attached to some sort of totalitarian or post-totalitarian regimes. And, and that's actually a very good sign to spot systems that are slowly or, or quickly sliding into being totalitarian is when acknowledgement disappears. I mean, here you have a place, this microcosm, where you have, you can really look at it in the purest form, where, where it has absolutely vanished. As I'm watching the film, I couldn't help but extrapolate. Yeah. That this isn't, yeah, this is a colony in Chile, and but America, the acknowledgement yeah. of the slaughter of American Indians, right? Oh, I mean, the slaughter yeah. of millions of American Indians or natives or indigenous yeah. people. Yes. There are examples, and we don't have to go too much further than the country they came from. There are just so many examples of that around yes. the world. Again, there's, no, there's no lack of, of examples. And the thing is, if, if there is no lack of acknowledgement, then there is a huge danger of going into new repressive systems so there's a huge mm. danger of repeating a totalitarian regime i mean you could in the us what has been happening lately is 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 really frightening and and in a way it's also there has been a lot of things that haven't been properly acknowledged we just had a presidential a historically important presidential election yeah. here in america and one of the candidates was running against democracy running against the idea of democracy. Yeah. And if that doesn't if that isn't a warning shot over the over our, our bow of the our boat here in, in America, I don't know what is. Right? Yeah, right. We now have a political party who seems hell bent on undermining the most basic fundamental thing that makes America what it is, is, is our democratic system. And yeah, they are absolutely. seem to be hell bent. 
to destroy that. So there, there, there is, there is, so much, again, these are the kind of films that, you know, when you're watching them, there are a couple things that, I mean, you just can't help, but just sort of look around the world, look around and look at yourself as, as we were talking about earlier, but there was a sign in one, in the nurse's office, silence is strength. I thought that silence. was, a, yeah, I thought that was, good. and then the woman who was the gardener, uh, the woman yeah. who was tending to the garden said, that it was through, or maybe it was the secretary who I experienced God. Yeah. She says, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on who said it, but I know a lot of people in the film alluded to the fact that they experienced some version of what they thought was Absolutely. God. Yeah. So, and so there's just so many things about human behavior and what we take. I do believe, and I'm just going to extrapolate. I mean, I'm going to editorialize a little bit here. People who are given to strong, evangelical kinds of beliefs whether it's evangelical or some other form of religious system tend to be open to the idea of the strong man of the person coming in and telling them no no matter what oh, yeah. we can do anything we want because because someone told them that this was the, the voice of god i mm -hmm. i i but I mean, I would say and and I'm, I totally agree with you there, but it goes further than just evangelical or deeply religious communities. It's anyway, yeah. any any sort of fanatism. It can be political, it can be religious. Yes. Um, but but you stop, and I mean, it's very basic human psychology, but you really stop looking further than what you're told. It's and, easier. Uh, it's easier. We and, all and, want this it, to be a simple, like you described earlier, <clears throat> we all want this to be Superman versus Lex Luthor. We want the yeah. world to look like that so yes. that we then can understand why we're here and what makes yeah. our life yeah. give it, gives it value. We want that. But then at the same time, we know that the world is not like that, that no, the world is a complex place. And, and that makes everything <laughs> uh, muddy and, and, and difficult. I mean, something that, now that you mentioned the gardener, something that we really with her is so, so beautifully complex is that she is somebody who we, but I think also the audience for quite a while during the film, we really like her. I mean, she's sweet. She is, yeah. she's kind of, I mean, she's traumatized. And um, so we understand that there's a sort of, there's a victim and, and we uh, have compassion for her. But then at some point, she starts to say things where you think like, oh, but we still like her. But then towards the end, suddenly, when we already have learned that there are these mass graves, and then she says, well, but everybody complains about Pinochet. I mean, he was such a sweet man. And, 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 and I mean, the, the, the real brutal thing is not that she says that, but that we are confronted with somebody who we liked and who we kind of cared for. And then suddenly she, she turns around and what do we do with that? Us, like an audience, right? That makes it complicated and, and messy in our heads and, and interesting. This is why we need societies that have strong, accountable, sustainable, transparent superstructures that we can invest in that are not given to uh, some corrupt um, motivation. This mm -hmm. is why it's so vitally important that we invest in the things that we hand over power to, that we make it accountable, but at the same mm -hmm. time have trust yeah. in it. 
And yeah. this is this is a system that completely broke down. Paul Schaefer is is yeah. the epitome of a system that just completely broke down. Oh yeah. yeah. The film again is called Songs of Repression, and we've been talking with the co-directors of this film, Songs Our of pleasure. Repression, Marianne Hogan Moraga, as well as Estevan Wagner. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this film. And thank you so much for having us. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music